0: Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number twenty for Monday, June twenty second, two thousand fifteen. Back here, at least temporarily, in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton, and out in
1: Los Gatos, California, Paul Kent. How goes it, Mr. Kent? Goes was good. Was good. an interesting week last week. Um, I got some fun gig stories to talk about. But you, what is this travel that you're like going everywhere? Is this your usual summer? No, <laughs> not, not at all. The, I had a lot of
0: things sort of pile up uh, this month, June. And, and so I've, I kind of took them all. I figured, well, I'll just do it all and and make it all happen at the, at the same time. So I basically been doing, you know, two or three days in the office here and then two or three, four days on the road and then two or three days in the office. But I've actually kind of gotten to a routine and it,
1: it, it works. So have you had to turn down any gigs?
0: Um, probably. uh, Yeah. I, I would imagine I have, I mean, I didn't get to gig this past weekend, uh, and I won't be gigging next weekend cause I was away Thursday through Sunday. And again, I'll be Thursday through Sunday. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Do do either of the bands that you play in most, and, you know, I guess fling would be the most, the most of the most, but the most these days for sure. Yep. Does, uh, if you guys don't play for two weeks, can you tell when you, when you get together again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It takes, you know, Takes a couple of tunes to kind of warm up and get in sync. I, I, we huh. can tell. I mean, uh, can the can the crowd tell? I don't know. You know, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Probably.
0: I don't. I mean, it depends on how how close somebody's paying attention,
1: right? Yeah. How, I've never asked you how deep. How many songs is in Fling's uh, catalog? I believe we have topped a hundred.
0: Yeah. Which is which is pretty good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Fling started out. Uh, When I moved here to New Hampshire, I found other bands and I've talked about some of them, Uh, but uh, fling started. I, I, I was against this whole concept of just rehearsing and, and never playing, but one, and and I still kind of am. Um, But uh, we had, we had just moved here. We'd been here, you know, maybe a year or so. Uh, And I didn't really know a lot of people that lived around here. And so my son actually at at, my wife and my son, um, met Russ's wife and son at a family, like, or a a mommy and me yoga class or something. And so they, I don't know, they got to talking and they're like, Oh yeah. She said, my husband's a guitar player and they have this jam session or whatever. And she just invited me over. Um, and so I showed up one night and started playing with these guys, but they, the intent was never, their intent was not to play out at that point. It was just to get together every whatever, you know, Thursday night and, and play. And I took it as bowling night with my neighbors. You know, it was a way to get to know people around here. And it, and it, I mean, it, it, certainly worked. I've gotten to know these guys real well. And, uh, but we weren't playing out. We'd play maybe, you know, one or two barbecues in the summer kind of thing. And, and then, but I was playing out with other bands and then, and then fling, uh, took over kind of the, somebody, a couple of the guys in the band were like, Oh, we
1: should play out. I'm like, yeah. Do you remember what that was like? like? Where you, were you finally like the the light bulb went on?
0: Yeah, it was, it was good, you know, and, there, and that's how we built up all these songs was we just kept learning new songs every week. So by the time we played our first gig, we probably had 60 songs in the can, you know, mm. which was great. Um uh, But yeah, I mean, it sort of felt organic, but, but there was definitely a, a, there was a moment where it was, okay, are we making this decision to actually do this? Because, uh, you know, having done it most uh, our bass players played out quite a bit with, with other projects, but, um, but having done it, you know, having been the the only guy that was doing it routinely, it was like, okay, you know, this is going to change everything if we start playing out <laughs> regularly. <laughs> well, it, it is right. It's two completely different things For and sure. it, it slowed down the rate at which we learn tunes and, you know, all of that. Uh, but yeah, so I do, I do remember that. And I remember we had that conversation and it was, you know, everybody was kind of into it. It's like, yeah, that sounds good. I like playing out, you know,
1: I I could not understand what it would be like to just jam for the sake of jamming without having a goal towards showing somebody what you do. Well,
0: you know, I, I, um, one of my favorite musical experiences was that, Uh not with fling, but when I was in my, I guess it must've been early twenties, maybe even late teens, but probably, I guess early twenties down in Connecticut, uh, I was introduced to this guy who uh, had a, you know, he like his studio in his basement. He was, um, I don't think he was 10 years older than me. He was, you know, maybe six or seven years older than me, I guess he might be 10 years older. I don't know. But anyway, uh, he had no interest in playing out, but he somehow had this ability and interest uh, to attract really talented musicians. And so he, to this day, he still hosts uh, a Tuesday night jam at his house. And so we would get together And play for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And it was just stuff that off the cuff, you know, that somebody had come up with that week. Occasionally we we would revisit something that, you know, had worked well or whatever, but it would always be something different. And he always had the gear there to record everything. and, And that's even expanded over the years. So everything would get recorded and we'd play for whatever, maybe two hours. And then we'd sit back and listen immediately thereafter to most, if not all, of of the jam. And it was a huge learning experience. I mean, it's I still learn from it when I get when I'm able to get down there and we and we get together to play. It's the same kind of thing because you have these moments where you're playing and you're totally free to play whatever you want because that you know you don't have to worry you're not worried about entertaining someone or or even managing a schedule. You just play. And there's moments where you think, oh, this is amazing. And then you listen back later and you're like, Oh, this was the part I thought was amazing. This, this sucks. And, and the reverse happens too, right? Where, you know, you think, Oh, this is kind of boring. You listen back. You're like, actually there's some magic here. So it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. But, it, but again, it, it really helps you uh, help me anyway to, to be able to more frequently see that in the moment, uh, which really helps when you're improvising and and all of that, making it, you know, it, airing towards making it interesting. You don't always get it right. uh, But you know, there's some things you learn when you do that, like anything practice, you know, helps. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was, um, that was a a huge learning experience, but again, being able to just get together regularly with basically the same group of people uh, and know that there is no pressure to turn this into a stage thing. Um, as long as it's the right group of people and you're all sort of motivated to, to just do this as your, it's a, it's your outlet, but it's also, you know, your, your, it's your weekly lesson too, right? You're, you're, you're honing. It's, it's being in the woodshed together kind of thing. So. It's
1: so funny cause I'm different that way. You know, I, I, I've never been a jam session type of guy. I'm not really an open mic type of guy. Actually I'm not an open mic type of guy yeah. might do it with an acoustic song or something like that. But, um, you know, when I picked the guitar back up, it was about getting a band together to play, and that's kind of all that I've done. Yeah, and I play with, I, you know, I have a couple different things going on, so I play with a couple other people. But it, in my mind, it's always what can I play that people will like? Yeah, and that you know, kind of you know gets me out to a, or what can I play that would be different that would go over in some place where I couldn't couldn't put one of my existing bands. Sure, yeah, no,
0: I t- I get that too. I mean, I, I I totally understand that that mindset and and. To be successful, especially with a cover band, uh, you have to think that way. And I think even with an original band, right, you you have to think that way. You you've gotta you've gotta craft a show if you're going out and doing it live.
1: Well, and somebody at some point in time, somebody is going to consume this music one way or another. That's the idea. Yeah. yeah, right. Well,
0: that that's the idea in that sense. With you know, like I said, with with that weekly jam that we were doing, and it was more than just a jam. I mean, that we would construct songs sometimes they would we would just construct them in the moment and say okay we'll do this we'd play around with something come up with a couple of things and then it would be all right now let's play it again and here's the form of this tune and let's get through it together and there'll be a solo here and this but you know there was there was always this kind of constructing thing and that was part of the practice of it was you know learning how to to piece things together and make it interesting and and fun to play but also just interesting because like what type of stuff would you play (laughs) anything from like straight ahead rock to funk stuff to, you know, odd, odd meter progressive stuff. Uh, we all kind of had these really varied interests. Um, one of the guys, uh, actually the the guitar player that was there for the beginning of it, the other guitar player, the the guy whose house it was, he's, he's, he's still with us, but the the other guitar player passed away. Um, but the guy that, that kind of, took over for him, or at least that that's there when I go down now is similar. They were both playing in, in cover bands regularly like that. You know, that was a, uh, I don't know if it was a full-time thing, but certainly a significant part of their income and their, their lives. But, um, but could just play any, I mean, they, you know, you go see them live and they're just doing their thing and making yeah. their, making their bread. And, but you know, get them out of that world. And these guys could play anything. Um, so, uh, in fact jeff jeff the guy who who passed away he had the ability to play a solo that sounded like a melody you've heard before he just you know he played he was a very chordal guy so he played a lot of yeah. triads and stuff and so it just had you know it was hooky everything that he did and it didn't matter if we were playing in nine eight or four four right it, you know he he had the ability to do that and and he could really lead a band that way too which was cool yeah. yeah. So, but it was anything. I mean, you know, I have, I have favorite moments of that. In fact, maybe that's what I need to draw from for our theme song here. Cause I've got, I've got a lot of that
1: material. So I will, we, do, you know, we're on episode 20, Dave. I know. I know. We need some music. Hey man. It's, it's a podcast <laughs> about music. I know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that seems maybe relevant. I actually have a song in mind. I got to see if I can find it, but that would, it would be perfect for this. So cool. yeah, now I now I just got to find it. Actually. E- e- the easiest thing is for me to email Greg because he has everything archived. So that's probably the best way to do it. But now I know what to, now I know what to go after. So we'll find something.
1: So yeah. All right. So that's, that's what that is. Yes. So I had an interesting musical week. So um, we'll start with Wednesday. We had essentially our last rehearsal for the summer because we're busy enough. Sure. We've added all the songs we're going to add we had our last rehearsal for the summer and it went great. We, um, we knew we had a four and a half hour gig coming up. And so we had to pull out some stuff. Cause you know, that's, that's pretty long. That's we had long. to pull out some stuff to fill out some sets and and just touched on them. The guys were like muscle memory. It was butter. It was a great rehearsal, which is pretty much the kiss of death for the yes. next gig. After that. <laughs> Always is. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so we went to our next gig, which is one of these civic concert series. And it's uh, it's one that gets pretty good attendance, but uh, rather than putting it on a on a grass area, it's in the courtyard, a the blacktop of an elementary school. And people come, and you know, it's a really nice community. People come, and they bring their chairs and and they sit. But it's very much a listening crowd. No matter how hard we try, you know, maybe the last two or three songs will have some critical mass of dancing, but mostly before that, it's you know, infants running around you know, with their parents chasing him and that type of thing. And so we were amped up to play and we came out first couple songs were pretty good, but then the energy wasn't coming back and you could just kind of feel, you know, that yep. feeling on stage, you're like, all right, what's going to happen now. And then in my mind leading the band, I'm like, all right, what's probably going through each of my guys' minds. And what do I got to be aware of, you know, in order to keep the energy up and keep the show. And you know, I really, I, I knew this was going to happen. We played this thing for many years. <laughs> it's, this is not a surprise. Yep. I'm thinking to myself, I really want us to just plow ahead and do our thing and, uh, and feel like we delivered the goods. And, you know, if we didn't flick the switch and get people dancing, so be it. But you got that moment about a third of the way through the show where, you know, the energy starts to wane a little bit. A couple of clams happen. Cause I think concentration starts to break down a little. I had a horrible night. Yeah, I was, I was the worst one on stage by far. We, <laughs> we played, we played so many new songs. And I think actually about the third song in, I flubbed some lyrics yep. and then that was in my mind uh, and I couldn't get comfortable with my in ears. And so I was never quite situated and now I've got stuff in my brain. And, and like we've said many times, once you start thinking you're dead, it's over. Yeah. It's I'm, over. Yep. yep. So we, you know, we kind of fought back. There was a little break. We kind of fought back. We, we played our second set was better than our first set and it was fine the guys in the band said it was a seven or an eight, you know, it, 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 you know, like nobody could probably tell at the end, some same pattern is every time we played this at the end, you know, we had critical mass of people dancing and got an encore and, and that type of stuff, but we knew it wasn't, it wasn't our a game. Yeah. And so that was uh, Thursday
0: night. All right. So I'm curious at, at this point in time, knowing what, you know,
1: would you take that gig again next year? That is, that is amazing that you asked that there are guys in my band who say, don't take it. Yep. And there's a couple of reasons why I take it. So here in this San Jose, California area, there's a little circuit of about five or six of these that are a pretty hard gig to get. Yep. You know, because you're playing for a decent amount of people. Sure. Yeah. It's a Good audience. That type of thing. Yep. And I kind of think like, you know, we want to stay in this, in this realm of, of top bands in this area. And I think it's important to take that. I also think it's important to take it for no other reason than this guy who hired us hires us for it supported us when we were really just kind of starting out. Okay. And, All right. and now I think we bring a fair amount to this thing and they make money. They sell hot dogs for the, you know, local Kiwanis group or something like that. Sure. So it's sure. a charity. I, I feel a little bit of an obligation to him. I also feel like we, we worked our butt off to get into this circuit and I really want to keep these spots in this circuit, but there are guys in my band who are le- much less sensitive than that. And they're like, you know, it's, it's, well we did get a good raise this year for that gig so i did i did raise our fee to that one and he paid it so that was a pretty good thing but but it's uh it's it's a borderline demoralizing gig because year after year after year and it's not just us from what i understand most most bands it's just a little bit of an older crowd or a crowd with very very young children sure and they sit far away it's on the blacktop Ah. there's just a few dynamics going on that don't lend itself well I'm sure there's somebody in my circle here who listens to it and said, I'll make them dance. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Hire my band. Right. <laughs> no, I, I get it. We, Cause we've, we've been in, in that, and we've all been in that p-
0: position at times. It's like, wow, we, we worked really hard to get here. And every time we come here, it's not good. And, but it, you know, it's really hard um, in any business where you're selling yourself. Right. I mean, it, you know, to, 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 to be the one that fires your customer. Right. Huh. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Just to take it and abstract it way out. And, uh, but sometimes it's the right move. We did that with a gig uh, recently. We played over and over again at this, uh, this American Legion uh, place, which is a private club. And here in New Hampshire, you can't smoke in bars. I'm pretty sure it's the same way in California, but private clubs, that restriction is, it does not exist. So it was always a smoky gig and it was uh, older people that they they said oh yeah sometimes people are really up and dancing we never saw that i mean it just there was never people and finally it was they paid really well but you know we had to deal with this elevator loading in and all this and finally we said yeah you know thank you uh
1: but no thank you uh but that's hard to that's do the interesting thing about this one because you could not categorize this as a bad gig pays fine now yep a lot of people to play for Okay. easy hours. I mean yeah. you can't say that there's any right. prohibitive about it. It's just that you know, it's just not a dancing crowd. Yeah. And you I don't think you can call that a bad gig, right? No, and no. There I, are a lot of bands in this area that would that would cut off their ears to, you know, to get this gig. So and on top of that, I feel a very very big debt of loyalty to this guy. who's sure. always been great to us. And so so you and probably I, will do actually, it next year. Yeah. Absolutely. That's always my yeah. argument. That's where I start with my argument to the band. Yep. The, the two or three guys in the band are like, "Eh, Yep. Um, it's, it's in a town where two or three of my guys live and they like to play for their neighbors. And so, you know, there's two or three guys who are like, you know, not the most fun that we have, but I guess now that the pay went up this year, it's pretty, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fair payday. Sure. And, uh, the guy, everybody in the band loves the guy who books us, It's just not a dancing crowd. And I always feel, you know, you what you said is really apt. I always feel like it's our job if they're not a dancing crowd, it's cause we didn't do our job well enough. And it's really hard for me to let go of that. Yeah. It's really, really hard for me. We go over just about everywhere we go. This one is hard for us year in and year out. We must be doing something wrong.
0: Well, or it's just not that kind of a gig. And and the nice part is you can go in it you know next year, maybe go in and build the set list a little differently and and build it with more listening. Type you know vibe and a and sort of you know maybe not stitching together all those up tempo tunes you know give it more of a flow an ebb and flow throughout the set and just let it be that thing and if people get up and dance well you know
1: call an audible and go yeah not a bad idea I, you know what I don't know that's yeah I, know. I know exactly what you're saying I, I'm my point is I feel it's on my shoulders yeah for this band to go over and when the band doesn't go over it's not the band's fault. It's my fault. I, it's, it's either my song list or it's, or it's my uh, being a front guy. Sure. You no know, efforts here. I'm not connecting in the right way. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's almost like a challenge now, right? It it's might like, not be any not of those things, up. but I get it. Right. I,
0: I get it. It's like, no, I can pull you up here. Right. Yeah. I, we can do this. If only we figure out the
1: code. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So that was Thursday night. Okay we're covered. I'd call it a seven or maybe a seven and a half, you know, sure. Passable, right. Friday night had a nice acoustic gig, a lot of fun. So now I've sung three nights in a row and, uh, and I'm feeling great. And then we go to Saturday, the big long three to seven thirty gig. So we played, uh, it's a big street festival. We've played it a couple times in the past. It was really warm out, but it was not as warm as in past years. And they take pretty good care of us. They put like a big tub of ice water and some beers in the back. And, and so we were, we were, everybody was in a good mood. This was a gig that it was so hot last year. A lot of emotions in the band, you know, guys were just uncomfortable. And, you know, it, it was a really hard gig last year, although we killed it. And it's in the same town as where the Thursday night gig was. So uh we're playing first gig. We did, we did uh, three to four. Yeah. We did 4.30 to 5.30. Yep and then we did straight through 6 to 7:30. Okay. So, 3 to 4, the set is solid, good, pepper a couple of new stuff. We're feeling pretty good about stuff and people are just kind of coming in and uh the whole point of this is it's it's a couple stages up and down this fairly long avenue. There's a bunch of beer stands, a couple of food stands. It's called Dancing on the Avenue. It the point of it is is the bands actually. It's not that they're mm. not a side thing. It's all about the bands. And actually a side note that's really freaking cool is our band was playing on one stage and Joe, my drummer's daughter's band was playing on another stage. So it was a Rizzy fest. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really very cool. Yeah. And we're very supportive. The bands are really supportive back and forth. I've talked about the peelers in the past they are like a little bit younger than us. They do this amazing mashup thing. I mean, they go, when I say they play an hour set, there's no air. It's one hour straight through that drummer. Talia is something else. And uh, they're a really fun band. So we had, you know, our crowd was good. They had their crowd. Um, so we played three to four, a couple of new things. Band's feeling good. We start the second set and the sound was a little bit off. A couple of things had changed mysteriously. You know, while we walked away. Some things all of a sudden got loud. Yeah. Uh, the band all of a sudden got loud on stage and we lost, you know, when you get too loud, you lose feel, right? You lose dynamic, you totally. lose, right? Yep. So we were like, we were like just pushing a lot of air and it wasn't going really good. And about halfway through the second set, I called long train running, mm. but, you know, which wasn't even on the set list for now. And it, it has been a closer for us, but I just said, listen, we got to get this back and we're going to, we're going to own this gig. Yeah, And so called it, played it, played the hell out of it. Crowd went crazy. Band went crazy. And from there on in, it was uh, it was pretty smooth sailing. And the last set was fantastic. The band was really locked when we start, because we've done these you know busy summers, I think, I know I do, you remember what it's like at the end of the summer when everything's butter, you know what I mean? Sure. You forget it takes a couple of gigs on the front end to kind of get to that, and you're so excited and anxious to get to that place where the band is almost clairvoyant, you know, reading each other's thoughts, right? You, you remember the great, and you forget that it takes a couple gigs to catch your stride. Yeah. And get into that mid-tour form. This gig, by the end... We were crushing it, I mean, oh, that's good. For, for as many mistakes as it made Thursday, I actually felt I had a pretty good um gig on Saturday. I think making that call, you know we changed a couple songs you know midstream yep. and uh and we owned it, we had a great crowd you know, like a lot of these things, the beer flows, and you know that last hour and a half is really where you know what anybody remembers, so our that's last right. set was, yeah. was fantastic.
0: Well, sometimes making that call, knowing, you know, it, I, I always, when we would do this for the Macworld all-star band, but I do it with, with fling. And it sounds like you do it with, with the house rockers. You have that list of what I always call back pocket tunes. And they're like good tunes, not filler tunes, tunes that should be on the set. But I intentionally don't put them on the set so that I don't feel like I'm stealing from the end to inject some energy at the moment that it needs it, no matter what. And, uh,
1: and, and so it sounds like you did that and it, it worked out. It worked out well. However, there's a bad end to the story. So it, a, it was a four and a half hour gig, right? B, it was warm enough and it was a pretty physical gig. We were putting out a lot of energy, right? Yep. <laughs> I threw my back out. <sighs> so, oh, yeah. No. And uh, like I said, it was a hot day. It, I was, it was a very energetic, athletic performance. And uh, I wasn't, you know, I was in a zone. And then I felt a little bit of a twinge, you know, I got home, it was stiffening up. And by the next morning, so Sunday morning, Father's Day, I was flat on my back. I could, I was just, and today still, this is actually sitting up to do this podcast is the first time I've been kind of upright all day. So, yeah. So, ah, man, I, and here's the thing. It is so humbling to feel your, (laughs) to feel your age when you're up there, like putting it out and crowd is loving it. And you are not so subtly reminded (laughs) that. uh, (laughs) So
0: this happened just before the last set or during the last set.
1: It just started tightening up at the end. Okay. And then, and then it was pretty tight on the drive home. Yeah. And then by that night, the drive home is the worst because you got to sit and not move for however long it takes you to get home. And that's, that can, that can often be the worst of that. Yep. So I'm pretty much flat on my back now. I have four gigs this week. So I got my first one Wednesday night. And so I have to, uh, I've been like ice and, you know, yeah, I'll go to the chiropractor tomorrow and, you know, all the magic voodoo stuff. But, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the point of it all is, I mean, have you ever felt that like you play drums, which is a very athletic endeavor. You ever feel like, holy cow, I'm not 20 anymore. uh, I definitely
0: feel, holy cow, I'm not 20 anymore. Usually that's, Actually, after gigs, I've, that, the, the, the consistent thing for me is dealing with it afterwards. Uh, it used to be <laughs> when I was 20 that I could just do it, you know, and and then come home and and whatever, go to sleep. It's fine. Well, if I do that now, what happens is I, I don't sleep. I if I'm lucky, I fall asleep. But usually even before that happens, the leg cramps kick in. Um, you know, it's. I mean, it's like you said, it's You're not very, hydrated enough. I'm not hydrated enough, and there's no way I could remain hydrated enough during a gig. I mean, I'm you know, I'm burning. I've I figured it out. It's about 800 calories a set, right? So, and 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 obviously, um, burning through lots of water. So, what I do is I put a Gatorade in the car, and or or a coconut water or something along those lines, right? And I drink that. Um, I I'll drink it either you know, like on the way home or just before I get home and uh and then often have another one when I get home and then because i've been I've burned whatever twenty five hundred calories over the night of the gig, I don't really care about uh how bad for me a banana split might be, so I often make a banana split when I get home, but the banana is medicinal the the ice cream is, is, is a bonus well seriously right that, that that extra potassium and stuff is the key to, to avoiding leg cramps, so a couple of gatorades and a banana. Uh, is usually the trick for me. And and then just again, you know, hydrating, uh, but it's, it's tough to drink, you know, four glasses of water and then go to sleep. Cause then you're up all night, you know, and you got to pee. But, uh, but that's the, that's the trick. And even sometimes when I do all of that, uh, I still wake up with leg cramps and it's just the worst. Um, yeah. Yep. But so that's it, consistently, that's where I notice it, but I have had to deal with, I had a, I, I blew out my knee on a snowboard, believe it or not, years and years ago. And, and then it, and then it was fine for a while, but maybe 10 years after that, I started having a problem with my left, my left leg, which is that knee uh, on the high hat. And I kind of had to adjust my positioning of it, but that, that actually hasn't bothered me for a while. Uh, my biggest health, uh, you know, physical problem is when I have to sing. And and tonight would be a great example. I I don't I don't know if I picked up something traveling this weekend or if it's just allergies. But whatever it is, I'm borderline laryngitis, and so I've had to do three podcasts today, right? And uh, so my I I did today what I would normally do at a at, at a gig, and that is I take one Sudafed and 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. Um, I was in a band with a with a doctor, and he's he told me. Oh yeah, when opera singers come into Boston, sometimes if they if they get laryngitis, they come into the clinic and we give them a shot of prednisone. And I said prednisone? What are you talking about? He's like, "Oh, think about it. When you, you laryngitis just comes from your your throat being inflamed." And he's like, "So the idea is to give you an anti-inflammatory and, you know, prednisone's a perfect one." I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't want a shot of prednisone before a gig." And he's like, "Okay, well then use like Advil. It's not as
1: good, but it'll get you there. And it totally does. Sense. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, that's last the magic year, formula. Yep. Last year I was in probably the best shape I was in for 10 years. Like I was determined. I, yeah. you know, I was, I was in really, really good shape. And then this year, if you remember, I started this new day gig that I was working, um, April, March, April, and May. Yep. And threw off my whole, you know, exercise regimen and I'm paying for it now. And the thing is, there's two things. One is, you know, I don't, uh, I don't want to look like an old guy, you know, playing rock and roll uh, up there is one thing that's in my mind, So sure. but the other thing is I'd like to do this for many, many, many more years. And so, yeah. you know, and, and I don't really have another way to do this. I mean, I, I play aggressive music and, and, uh, and I enjoy it and I love it. And, and, you know, I just, you move to it. If you didn't, yeah. move, if I don't, if I can't move to it, why should I expect anybody else to move to it? So I totally so agree. Yeah. I, I, have, I feel the I have same to way. Take care of the body. Yep. You know, you I do. I gotta, I have to, I pr- I prioritize this. I prioritize music in my life. And uh, as you get older, you just have to do the things you got to eat Got to, you know, keep the weight down. If you can, you know, you have to keep the weight down. Yeah. And you just have to, and you just have to, Yeah, you just have to. Otherwise you probably hurt yourself pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that the instrument I play, as long as I play it regularly actually keeps me in really good aerobic health sort of Mm. automatically. But when I'm traveling, like I have been this month, you you know, all of that, this, this, the the introduction to this summer has been kind of weird. So I haven't gotten into my routine of, of, you know, I usually ride my bike every day to and from the post office just to get on the bike and move. I haven't even done that once this year. It's just, you, you know, the routine I haven't gotten into that routine. And my guess is if I don't get into that routine, I will begin to, to notice it at gigs. Maybe, maybe so, maybe not. Right. But uh, I don't want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like you, I, you know, I love this and I'm, I'm addicted to playing on stage. So I I can't, I can't not. And like you, I I like to, you know, pour it all out there because if you're not going to, to me, that's, why, do it? why do it? Well, and I'm sure somebody might have an answer for that question. It's not an answer that would resonate with you or I, but that's okay. You know, it's good for them. That's great.
1: doesn't work for me. Yep. I think that the songs, like you and I probably come from, cut from the same cloth. We tend to play songs that hit us, you know, that uh, we want to emote that feeling when we listen to the songs, we want to like recreate that. And there's just... I just don't know any other way. I mean, even the, even the funk stuff we play. So funk is not my favorite type of music to play. Sure. But my band plays it good. You know, these horn charts just, you know, pop these things. And if you can't find the groove in what you're doing, how on earth can you expect other people to find it? You
0: can't. No, it's true. It's true. You know, I, I, um, I, I was reminded of an old conversation of ours Wednesday. I didn't, I didn't play any gigs this weekend. I, like I said, I traveled Thursday through Sunday, but Wednesday night, Uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, We took the kids to see into Boston to see Bowling for Soup. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's a band that the family's always liked and they're fun live and probably horribly inappropriate for children, but that's okay. Um, You know, they're fun. (laughs) And, uh, and actually, you you know, so Bowling for Soup, their bass player was terribly sick. And we noticed it immediately because he wasn't singing any harmonies, which was a shame because their harmonies are really, you know, a, a, a key part of their, their whole, their whole package. And so I, you know, I felt like, oh, somebody should have given him a shot of prednisone. But, you know, uh, (laughs) it was a little too late at that moment to uh, to help him out with this particular issue. But the band before him uh, was called the Dolly Rots and they played, you know, maybe a 25 minute set or something like that. And uh, I know the Dolly Rots, actually. Do you
1: really? Yeah, they're they're well, because they're on they're on Steve Van Zandt's record label. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool records.
0: Yeah. So they um, so they played a set. Actually, it might have been more than... It was probably 35 minutes long. And, you know, so this is a room full of people. It totally sold out show. Um, and by the time the Dolly Rots hit, they, they were the second band of the night. We missed the first band coming in. We didn't want the kids standing too long. You know, we didn't want them to lose interest. Um, and But, the, you know, the the room was, was buzzing. And, and the people that were there were, you know, pretty stoked that the Dolly Rots were there. They They tend to open for Bowling for Soup on every tour that they do. So... It, it it was the second time I had seen them and it, you know, you, you start to get to know them. And what I noticed first song out the rooms buzzing that, you know, tons of energy and they were so relaxed. I mean, they had, they had energy, but they weren't consumed by it, you know? And it was, it was back to that conversation we had about how to, you know, it, what's the difference between, you know, what, what does it take to, to make you a pro and uh, and it was just it was so obvious they were just in a groove and happy and playing and singing, but not letting that extra energy totally ruin everything. And this was the first night of the tour, so it's probably been you know a, a couple of months since they've played for a crowd like this and and that sort of thing. Um, but it was interesting, and my daughter, uh, who's also a drummer, noticed it too. You know, we looked at each other and like, wow, they're really just immediately in a groove, immediately without. You know, without any fanfare, just doing their thing. So it was good. Probably had a, probably had a good sound check, right? I would imagine. I would hope
1: it's so. It's hard to get that it's hard to it's hard to ease in if you can't hear right. That that's when you when you're fighting the sound system all night. Yeah. And I think this even happens. You know, what what did they probably play in like a two thousand seater type of thing? Oh no, 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 no. This was a this was a club that I mean, if it held maybe maybe four hundred
0: people. Got it. Yeah. So
1: there you go. Yep. which is even harder to get great so, sounding.
0: Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm trying to think, I know Bowling for Soup was using the in-ears. All of them were, it, it's possible that the, the Dolly Rots were too. I think they were, which, which
1: helps, but it's not a guarantee as you know, as you will know. <laughs> I'm almost ready to dump the in-ears again. I had a good streak where I was getting better. And then that gig last Thursday night, the one where no one was dancing. Yeah. You know, it was just, um, I, and so if you think about the sequence of things, the band was just, eh, yep. And, and no one was dancing. And I felt I really needed to be very much in control and command of what was going on. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about the isolation with the in-ears, you know, it was really, I was getting better at it and maybe, maybe the in-ears will, will come back when we play the smaller clubs and, uh, and, uh, so here's know, the, what, here's what
0: you need. And I think this might be where as a drummer, I have an advantage, um, A, well, I had definitely have an advantage in that I didn't grow up caring about what, uh, you know, my tone is not defined by what I hear out of an amp. Right. So, I mean, and that's a hard thing. I know you've probably gotten over that, but that's, that's typically a hard thing for guitar players, but being a drummer, it's not impossible. In fact, it's, it's often quite likely that I will have a mic over my head. Mm -hmm. And even if, and so I put one of those up, even if, the room is small enough where I would never put that in the mains and I use it strictly for my ears and having that ambient mic to get that stage wash in makes all the difference in the world to me for the in-ears. So you it, 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 explore the option of some, some sort of ambient mics uh, for my overhead. I usually just use like a, a it's an old um, uh, MXL condenser that I put over the top and it's fine. It sounds good. But um, like a
1: wide pattern, and
0: so yeah. really picking up across the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sort of intentionally built to do that. I mean, I I, I do it so that I I I, I like to hear my symbols in my ears because if I don't, then I'll hit them too hard, right? You know, I mean, there's there's that there's a functional uh, purpose to having it, but it also picks up all the stuff that I would hear if I was just right there. And so mm. I I know, and I know a lot of touring bands do that and and set up you know mics on either side of the stage to really you know kind of pick up just what everything sounds like and you might even like to hear some of your your drummers overhead you know that might be enough it might be too much drums yep. for you i don't know but but that i would just say experiment with some of that maybe even put another mic you know on your mic
1: stand there up front well, i will tell you this i'm a little bit perplexed because i don't know whether it was you know the, the singing four nights in a row or what <laughs> it was but I I haven't been hoarse in a while and I was a little froggy the next day, which kind of freaked me out because I think I'd gotten to a point where I had kind of managed my technique enough where I could sing pretty much four or five days in a row. This was the first time, but remember hot day, four and a half hours is of the end of four days in a row singing. And also the beginning of your summer season. Yeah. And so, you know, when I have the in ears, I'm never over pushing. Right. Right. Some people actually say it's it's bad because you don't push enough because you can hear yourself so well. But but yeah. that, that aside, um, I don't know. And I do like listening to my band, and it's so different. I still have not found you know where in the in ears it feels as good. As taking it out and feeling the energy that, that is on the stage. I don't know. It, the trick for
0: me, I know exactly what you're talking about and our Skype connection got weird again. So you sound a little muffled, but I think everybody can hear you and it's about time to wrap up anyway. But the trick for me there is if, if I have the right blend of the ambient mics in, then everything's great. I mean, it, you you have to be careful there. You got to keep the level down and, and so you're not, you know, deafening yourself and all of that. Yeah. But um but yeah, you can, I can get there. I, I know, but I know what you're talking about. There's those gigs where it's like, no, I got to pull one out. Cause I got to feel like I, I'm, I'm in this. And
1: Although interestingly, we did a wedding gig and I forgot my in-ears. Yeah. And so I borrowed, um, a pair of, uh, you know, just kind of the foamy squishy, um, in-ears Yep. and I could hear myself enough and I could also, you know, there were, there was no isolation. And so that actually was interesting to me huh. that maybe I don't want, the the custom mold, you know, block everything out stuff.
0: Well, I I did the custom mold thing, but I intentionally got the, I've been through many of the custom molds and finally settled on the ones that have the ambient port in them for exactly that reason. Yeah. They only, they only block about 15 DB whereas um, and, and, and actually let some straight in, whereas, you know, a typical full in ear probably blocks mm, almost 30 DB, you know, it's 28 or something like that. So yeah, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You got to experiment with it. I, I just, I'm so obsessed about my hearing and protecting it that that's really what drives me to to spend the extra time to make sure I get the in-ears right. And I'm not in a scenario where mid song, every song I got to rip, you know, my left one out or something just to, to feel like I'm, I'm
1: in the, in the moment. So, well, think good thoughts for me because this is a busy week and first I got to get my back in shape. And then, and then next I got to figure out if I can hear anything anymore. So it's going to be interesting next week's show. I'll report back. Yeah. Hopefully the the ship has been righted and we're, we'll continue on with some good gig stories. I hope so, man. I hope so. Thanks.
0: All right, folks, feedback at giggabpodcast.com. Please send us your comments, your thoughts, your questions. Tell us your gig stories. And, uh, and, and we'd love to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll recant them here on the show. That would be outstanding. Absolutely. Thanks folks. Thanks, Paul. Hope you feel better, man.
1: Thanks, Dave. Talk to you next week.